Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. Welcome to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about how to know when your student has finished a piece. Hello, beautiful teachers. I hope you're having a wonderful day and the sun is shining or metaphorically shining down on you and that all your teaching is going well. We're talking about a question today that might seem on the surface to be very simple, maybe even a silly question to ask. We're talking about when a student is finished with a piece. In other words, how do we know when it's time for them to move on to a new piece? Some teachers will call this passing off, quote unquote, a piece or just completing a piece. But each teacher tends to have a different threshold. And there's actually more to this question than initially meets the ear. So some teachers really expect absolute perfection, super high shine polish on each and every piece. And others move much more quickly so that they get through more repertoire and keep their students reading new things. So there are pitfalls to both directions. If we expect perfection, really, really super polished on every piece, our students don't get through much repertoire. And that does hold back their reading and their overall musical development and the diversity of what they're seeing, what they're meeting in the musical world. But if we move too quickly, students don't learn those polishing skills. They're just gaining the surface. They learn to accept a much lower level of performance standard than we might otherwise want to impart to them. So most of us tend to come down somewhere in between. We don't move as fast as possible, barely skimming the surface of pieces. We also don't expect them to polish each and every piece they learn. But how do we know where we land and how do we know how to answer this question for each individual piece our student is working on? Well, for me, I think it's impossible to say whether a student has finished a piece if we don't know why they're learning it in the first place. So for me, it all comes back to the why or the goal of each piece. Now, hopefully one of those reasons that you're learning the piece is that it's a beautiful piece of music. I hope so. I think life's too short to play boring music that is purely for pedagogical purposes. I think everything should, on some level... Have a pleasant sound, be a nice piece of music. 
But as teachers, we usually have one other reason, at least one other reason, for teaching a student a particular piece. So sometimes this is immediately obvious. Um, for example, if a student is in a method book and they just introduce the concept of sharps, then they learn a piece that uses sharps. One of the main goals is to get used to using the sharps, right? To get used to looking at them and figuring out where the note is and playing them. So sometimes it's obvious like that, but other times it can take a bit more thinking. So if you have a piece like that, think about what skills the student needs to improve. Like you're including a particular piece because you want them to improve specific skills. Or what is the top priority right now? Sometimes pieces have many things that we could be looking at with a student, but what is it that you want this student to get from this piece right now in their journey? And we think about where they are in the learning process. You know, if you have an absolute beginner, Maybe the phrasing, the shaping isn't really what you're looking for in this piece, but you're just looking for accurate reading. If we can properly articulate why the student is learning a piece and what they want, we want them to get from it, we're much better positioned to say when they have finished it. Because honestly, although I talked about those perfectionist teachers at the start who want that high level of polish, there's no such thing really as perfect, is there? When we talk about that, we're just talking about a higher performance level but there's always something we could do differently or better. So for me, regardless of what the specific goal is, learning about sharps or shaping phrases or pedaling effectively, regardless of those specific goals, one thing I generally want for every piece is a reasonable level of fluency. I want my students to be able to play the piece without stopping or backtracking, as I call it, or kind of stuttering over notes. If they're doing any of those things, I generally don't think they have finished that piece. A simple way to measure this with students who are still in method books or in other books that have teacher duets is to make sure they can play with you playing the teacher duet part. If they can do that without you having to like wait for them or go back or adjust your tempo a bunch of times, that means they know the piece reasonably well. And for me, in a lot of method book pieces, I wouldn't be looking for a super fast tempo on that. I wouldn't necessarily always be looking for them to reach the performance tempo if that's a struggle on a particular piece, but if they can play it reasonably, you know, smoothly from start to finish, play along with the teacher duet, I think that's a good level of fluency for the piece. Having this teacher duet part as a bit of a marker can be especially useful if you have really impatient students who always just want to move on to the next thing. Honestly, I find this to be more pro more of a problem with adult students, that you need some definite line to say, no, you're not able to play with the teacher duet, so we still need to keep practicing it, because I find they often want to let things go before the polishing level. I find that's a pitfall with a lot of our adult beginners, is they want to play it to the point of being able to roughly read it, and then they feel like, yeah, I kind of know it. And it's because intellectually they know it, but physically they can't perform it yet. So... Holding them up to those teacher duets can be really useful. Now, there's always more to be done on a piece, and we definitely want to pick out specific pieces that we're going to polish much more with our student, right? If they're learning them for a concert or an exam, or if it's just a piece they really love, we take care to get it to a very high level. There's always more we can do. It depends on where we want that piece to land and what we want to get out from it. But in general, if a student really loves a piece, to me that's a good 
moment to stop and really polish it and make it performance quality even if we're not preparing for a concert or something so that they do develop those skills of polishing pieces. But if it's a piece that they just think is okay and I'll ask for their opinion on these things then I like to keep them moving because I want them to read enough repertoire. Occasionally have a piece that a student just gets stuck on. So this student is otherwise practicing fairly regularly and moving through things, but you have one piece or a couple and you're just going through the motions week after week, telling them how they need to practice it and that it comes back exactly the same. I call this piece stagnation. If you feel like internally rolling your eyes because you know you're just going to have the same experience with this piece next week, you have my absolute permission to let it go. Let go of it. There is no point getting stuck on that piece. There is always another piece to teach them that skill or that concept. Sometimes as teachers, I think we can get a bit stuck to pieces like this because we feel like, well, they could get it. So I don't want to let it go. Like we get a bit stubborn about it, I think. And sometimes it's much better to just let go of it because... Unless it's a student who never practices, which is a total different issue that we'll deal with in a second. Sometimes things just don't click. Sometimes they like the sound of it, but it's just not getting anywhere for them. They feel like they're stuck with it and therefore their practice doesn't do anything or they're not practicing on it. And we can find something else to teach them the same concept. Now, when every piece is stagnating, that is a bit different. So either this student is not practicing or their material is too hard or both, of course. So if they're not practicing, we have many articles and podcast episodes to help you with that. I suggest starting with our practice hub on the blog and looking into practice routines and all the things we have about that. If the material is too hard, you may need to change their books or add in a supplemental book. And that is absolutely okay. It doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. Sometimes these things are a bit unpredictable and students hit a bit of a wall at a certain point that you couldn't have seen coming. And sometimes it is just that you made a mistake on the level. And it's okay to admit that, swap out the book and move on. So I'd love to hear how you know when your students have finished their pieces. Where do you land on the whole perfection versus moving really quickly framework or guideline? Let me know over on Instagram. I'd love to chat to you there. We're at Colourful Keys and I'll see you back here next week. Vibrant Music Teaching members get five new games or resources at least every single month that keep them inspired and wanting to become a better teacher each and every day. If you want to join the best community of teachers online, you can go to vmt.ninja and sign up today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.